0: We've been chatting on the program these last couple of weeks about money and giving to God's work. I guess there are quite a number of people who've said to themselves, you know, that guy on the radio is right. I need to be more committed financially to God's work. And the question that then immediately arises is how much should we give? Good question. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. Today, we're going to take another look at our giving from a different perspective. And please do stick with me because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called Your Path to Financial Security. And I'd love to send you a free copy to help you discover true security in the right place. Over these last couple of weeks, we've been chatting about money matters, trying, I guess, to get a kingdom view, a kingdom of God perspective on this whole issue of money. See, God talks about money a lot in his word and the brutal, tyrannical influence it has over our lives. The fact that it can drag us off in the wrong direction as we chase so hard after the riches of this world. That's what he says, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 in the Bible. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from their faith and pierced themselves with many pains. We're we're so eager in our love for money, at least we can be, that we wander off in the wrong direction so that little by little, even before we realise it, we've pierced ourselves with many, many pains. I was in a lift, an elevator, in a large shopping centre the other day and stood next to a young woman with a young child in a pram and she had cut marks down her arms. These were scars, self-mutilation. Cutting had left scars. It's horrible. And you wonder, why did she do that? It's the same with the love of money. We, We pierce ourselves with many pains and it leaves scars. And you have to ask yourself, why do we do that? Because it's the most natural thing in the world for a person to do, to chase after wealth. The problem is, it only brings pain. And what we've seen over the last couple of weeks together is that God does offer a solution, a very simple solution, to give some of our wealth away, generously, sacrificially. That's what sets us free from the pain, the devastating impact of the love of money, this root of all kinds of evil. That's how we kick the habit. We rid ourselves of this terrible addiction. So one of the things that people often ask me is, "Okay, then how how much should I give away? If I indeed need to be healed of this malady by giving generously, then how much are you saying that I should give away? Different cultures, even different religions, have different approaches to that. Some actually set a specific amount or percentage. For instance, what we now call the Old Testament, which was the law for the Israelites for millennia, talks about a thing called tithing. Should I give a tithe one-tenth of my income, will that do it? Is that the answer? Is that the formula? Funny how we're always looking for a formula, isn't it? I'll set up a direct debit for 10% to my whatever good cause, to my religion, to whatever, and then I'll be free of this curse of wealth. As I said, this concept of tithing comes from the Old Testament law, the Torah as it was called. In this case, God's people were commanded to give 10%. It was their legal requirement, much like paying taxes is a legal requirement for most of us today. This tithing thing finds its root way, way, way back at the beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis chapter 14 verse 20 when Abraham gives thanks to the Lord it works its way into the law so that the Levites who are the priests can be ministers for God's people so that in effect their ministry is paid for. And we see quite often how God uses the tithe to bring his people back to himself through their obedience. That oft-quoted passage on tithing, you may have heard it in Malachi chapter 3, is said in the context of God's people having wandered away from him, realized that, asked him for a path back, and he gives it to them through this one simple act of obedience. Read it for yourself, Malachi chapter 3 in the Old Testament. Let's have a listen. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you've turned aside from my laws and statutes and you haven't kept them, Come back to me and I'll return to you, says God. But but you say, how will we return? And God says, will anyone rob me? You are robbing me. And you ask, how are we robbing you? My answer is in your tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe in the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And thus put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you an overflowing blessing. You see here how God, through this one command in that law, is giving them a solution to wandering off from him. I wonder if it isn't a solution for someone today. But the tithe, the giving of one-tenth, is no longer a legal requirement for anyone who doesn't come under that law, and that's me and that's you. I mean, the good thing about one-tenth is that typically it represents a fair chunk of our discretionary expenditure. We all have bills, we all have to have somewhere to live, rent, mortgage, food, clothing, all those things. They consume, for most of us, most of our income. What's left is the money that we use for discretionary expenditure. You give away one-tenth of your household income to God, and it restricts your discretionary expenditure. It's a significant sacrifice. And I have to tell you, it certainly played a big role in changing my heart softening many a heart, opening people's hearts up to the need and the suffering that's going on around them that they could play a part in alleviating. Remember, that's what this is all about. You don't change your heart by following a bunch of rules. Do this, do that. Your heart gets changed when you set off on a journey with your eyes open to the hurt and the need that's around you. Your heart changes when something you have, given freely and sacrificially, has an impact and makes a difference in someone else's life. Come on, that's how hearts get changed, don't they? There's a guy by the name of James L. Kraft. Uh, He's a Canadian. He was the founder of the Kraft Phoenix Cheese Corporation. Now we know it as the Global Kraft Food Empire. Still a household name in many parts of the world today. Well, he was well known as a generous giver. This is what he had to say when he was asked whether he believed in tithing. He said, no, no. No, not at all, although I guess it's not a bad place to start. If someone is looking to honour God, how much should they give? Have a listen. Paul's asking the Corinthians to contribute to his ministry. It's a fundraising letter, if you will. At least, this chapter is. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. We want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that has been granted to the churches of Macedonia. For during a severe ordeal of affliction... Their abundant joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For as I can testify, they voluntarily gave according to their means, and even beyond their means, begging us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in this ministry to the saints. And this not merely as we expected, they gave themselves first to the Lord and by the will of God to us So we might urge Titus that, as he had already made a beginning, so he should also complete this generous undertaking among you. Just stop and think about that. The Macedonians themselves were struggling financially, and for them that meant not having enough food to eat. Yet they gave beyond their means, begging Paul for the privilege of giving. And Paul then springboards off that, writing here as he was to the Corinthians and to you and to me to do the same, as a test of of the genuineness of our love. What a challenge. Giving sometimes as we're moved in our hearts by God beyond our means, like that widow that Jesus spoke about who gave all she had. Friend, God wants our hearts, and you and I so often put our faith in stuff, our securities in, in stuff, in money, this false God. How much should we give? The answer is the lot. In other words... Put all our assets at God's disposal, all that we are, all that we have at His feet, and be prepared to be all Him, to go all the way. The truth is that money is a great servant, but a brutal master. Perhaps that's why so many people struggle with their attitude towards money. But let me tell you something. God wants you to find financial security in the right place. And that's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Your Path to Financial Security, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you discover true security, like I said, in the right place. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time tomorrow, with a different perspective.